1: Co-worker of yours.
3: and welcome to a little bit of a late start for at your service tonight brad young and with you until yeah 10, till 10 o'clock tonight so i hope you can stay awake phone the kids wake the neighbors Grab some caffeinated beverages and stick around with us till 10 o'clock. We're going to be having lots of fun here like we do every Wednesday night. Although I will tell you, last week I was in on a Monday night. So, you know, it's good to get the Wednesday night vibe back here uh, in the studio here at KMOX. So uh, I think uh, Hancock and Kelly were in. We swapped Monday and Wednesday last week. But I'm back on Wednesday. Uh, I got several emails on uh, last Thursday saying, Brad, where were you? We missed you on Wednesday night. So here I am back in the saddle. Uh, all is good on Wednesday night. So glad you're with us. We don't have uh, any interviews this hour, so uh, phone lines will be open, 314-436-7900. Call or text, as always, love to hear from you. And also, if you are in the St. Louis area, obviously, you can always listen to Cable X on the Odyssey app, or you can listen on... 98.7. I do. That's what I listen to as I'm driving around St. Louis and uh, sounds pretty good. Can't beat it except if you're listening on the Odyssey app. Oh, and speaking of listening to Kim Wax, I think I'll be filling in tomorrow for uh, Chris Ranji, who's a little bit under the weather. So it'll be uh, me and Amy Mark scores in for the show tomorrow. So uh, if you can make sure to tune in, it will be hopefully Informative and hopefully entertaining. That's at least that's the goal. Sometimes it's more aspirational than achievable, but you know what? That's always the goal. So, uh, in this short segment that we have here uh, right now, because again, we got started a little late this evening after Billiken's basketball. By the way, never more proud of my Billikens than tonight. Uh, I am an alum of uh, of St. Louis University, and they they got it done. They got it done, the second-highest-scoring game of all time for uh, St. Louis University Billikens. 102, I think, was the score. So got it done. Man, they uh, they definitely need to because they really haven't been getting it done here so far this season. So maybe this is the spark to turn things around. Today's National Fettuccine Alfredo Day. And um, it really begs the question— What's your favorite Italian food? Now, you know, I don't want to name pizza because, to me, pizza is its own thing. But Italian food, I want to bring in Matt Pajeski, which is interesting because, you know, Matt is is my local go-to guy for all things Polish. That's right. So you know, any question I ever have about Poland, you know, I'm coming to you, pal. Okay. I don't know if I can represent an entire country with my limited experience, but I'll do my best. Oh, that's okay. But so if if you ask the uh, the Polish guy... You know what's your favorite Italian food, Matt Pajeski? What do you say? I'm gonna say the fettuccine alfredo with
4: chicken at Anthony's on the Hill.
3: You know that sounds delicious there, and it's also appropriate because today is fettuccine alfredo day. So, if you would, if you would give me some of the places where you like to get Italian food, not pizza, because again, I think pizza is its own thing, but Italian food. What do you say? What places?
4: And anywhere on the Hill, Mama Campisi's. Yep, uh, Guido's. Charlie Gito's, Tabasas, yeah. You can pick any one of those. You can throw a dart on a on a, on a dartboard and just list off any of those restaurants, and you're going to get a great meal at any of those places. Sandwiches too. Great deli sandwiches at uh, at uh, Adriana's. There's the Southwest Deli and Joyas. I could go on forever. Yep. Oh, of course, yeah,
3: of course. Uh, my my wife's personal favorite is uh, is Canetto on the Hill, and I, I've been there many, many, many times. And what's interesting is, is that last time I was there, uh, three weeks ago, I'm at Canetto on the Hill. And the last couple of times, actually, I was there. The back room, they've got a very big back room. And by the way, if you've ever been in Canetto, it's the kind of place where it feels like if there was an ongoing mafia in St. Louis, that is where they would hang out, is 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 at Canetto, so the whole back room is just closed off. And uh, I talked to the manager, Frank, about it, and he said, well, it's not because of a lack of business. It's because of a lack of help. Uh, they can't hire enough people. And so if you can't hire enough people to service the entire restaurant, you've got to close off part of it. And uh, And I'm sure that's happening elsewhere. That's not the only place where that's occurring. But it, it to me, it's really uh, it's really sad, isn't it? that you've got local businesses who want to do better. And of course, uh, I always try to patronize local businesses if I can. Uh, there's very few times that I'll go to a chain restaurant. I always want to go to local if it's at all possible. My my only exception to that is Ruth's Chris, just because I I, I love the steaks at Ruth's Chris. But other than that, other than that, I I will try to go local. But if a local business can't Thrive, even though they've got plenty of business, they've got plenty of customers, they've got people who want to patronize their business, but they just can't because of a lack of of help. To me, that's extremely, extremely sad, and I hope that something can uh, can turn things around there uh, at at Canetto. But Bartolino's is another one of my favorites. You've probably been to Bartolino's. Uh, Paul Mano's in Chesterfield, very, very good. And it's kind of funny. If you've ever been to Monos and no, this is an advertisement. They're not paying. I'm just telling you what I think. But Paul Monos is, is like in a strip mall. And you see it, and you're like, really? Come on. You're, this is an Italian restaurant. Really? And you go in, and then poof. It looks like a, every classic Italian restaurant you've ever been in. And it's hard to get in. It's really hard to get in because they're filled up all the time. And, uh, and my other place go to place uh, I got two more because if you've seen me recently you can tell I've been eating a lot of Italian food lately uh, and that is <laughs> Pastaria in Clayton and also uh, and also my go to in Chesterfield is a place uh, called Babos and it's nothing fancy but the food's good the prices are good and uh, it's a fun place to go so I hope that you can uh, check that out hey we're gonna take a we're gonna take a quick break here. We come back. I think we got some folks holding on the lines. We've got some folks that are texting in. We've got dogs and cats living together. It's total chaos here on Camo X. No, it's not. It's a fun Wednesday evening. And you know what makes it fun is you. You want to be a part of the show? Absolutely love the music there. Love the music. Matt Pajeski. Uh if you want to be a part of the show, 314-436-7900 And when we come back, I normally don't talk a lot about Trump. I don't because plenty of other media does. But there's some stuff in the news today and yesterday. Legally, I'll break some of that down, as well as the mom's manslaughter conviction for her son's shooting up in Michigan. All of that and more here on At Your Service, KMOX. Bells will ring, tingling, tingling. Call from mom. Answer
1: it. Call silenced.
3: at your service. Glad to be in today. Glad to be here with you. And again, whatever's on your mind. Uh, I'll. It's funny. I had one of my law partners came in, into my office today and we had to talk to some client about something and schedule a meeting. And my partner said, Brad, do you, do you really want to talk to them about this? And I said, hey, listen, I'll talk to anybody about anything at any time. Just bring it. You know, it's not a problem. 314-436-7900. Chris has been holding uh, through the break. Hey, Chris, great to talk to you again. Hey, what's happening, stranger? I know I haven't heard your uh, dulcet tones in quite some time.
5: Yeah, I. Uh, it's been a few years. I. Uh, I'm still over in the People's Republic of Illinois, <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm proud. I'm still proud to say I'm a Missourian. I I I don't lay claim to being born here. Although my daughter was born in Belle Vegas, but uh, I'm just. Uh, uh, i was i was living with my daughter and son in law for a little over a year in new Athens here and uh I moved to O'Fallon about three months ago in a senior apartment so uh it's it's okay i'm just i'm i'm closer to the doctors so i just i'm working on getting a getting a ride back where i can uh good well, my my part-time job prospects are better so
3: well um, now that the uh, now that we know that the border is very porous and there's absolutely no border security you should have no problem coming over from the people's republic of Illinois and, and come into the free <laughs> the free state of Missouri it should be no problem
5: yeah really really well it just um i i'm just trying to find something a little, you know closer to up to home but uh, it's uh i'm just I'm sick of these HR people. They 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 got to scan everybody's age, and it, it. I talked to you about this before. It's still it's still alive and well, Brad. And I I don't like it. But I, you know what are you going to do about it?
3: What it's, what it's, what is still? I'm sorry. What's still alive and well?
5: Age age discrimination as oh, far yeah. as jobs go. Yeah, I'm not applying to be a physicist or a, a coder or a, a, you know a. a computer technician. I I just, I don't get it. But, you know, just like maybe a warehouse job or uh, Mm -hmm. stocking at a grocery store, man. I don't know. But, um, and uh, uh, just a few other things. Uh, 49ers by 10 on Sunday. Wait, hang on a second. Wait,
3: you can't, you can't just buzz by that, Chris. 49ers by 10?
5: Really, yes, I, I I'm so I'm sick of the I'm so sick of the Chiefs, man, and Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. I, I I've had it up to here and beyond, man. So I just uh, I'm not I'm not at the risk of sounding hateful. I just I I'm not I I never rooted for the AFC teams anyway. I've I've been a Niners fan almost almost fifty years. So well, it sounds just,
3: like you're betting with your heart, and not your head, on that one. But that's all right. Well, the Forty the
5: ers are not devoid of talent, man. No, I no, just, no, I, I, that's for sure. Yeah. And last thing, I was talking to a maintenance guy yesterday who's, who's working on a drinking fountain, and uh, we were talking about that uh, 400 pound gorilla up in Springfield that's a so called governor. I, Pritzker, he bought, I, I found out he bought up, a horse farmer, his daughter likes horses in uh, Wisconsin. I said, "Well, that's that's not a surprise." And I just and I had he had pretty good authority what he was talking about. I took his word for. He said the man's never worked a day in his life. I said, "Well, if, if you're going to inherit a chain of hotels from your old man, it's no wonder you just." You, Born, he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth, and I uh, 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 I, just—I think it was a
3: wait. Given his size, I think it was more like a silver shovel. Silver
5: shovel, that's very good. I just, people, uh, that's your—that's what you call a typical limousine liberal, Brad. I'm just people like that make me sick. I just, it, they, they, they expect. The Democratic vote, because they give out so many freebies and they just, they, they live in a gated community. I don't know. I'm not alone in my thought process either. And I make no apologies for my criticism. I mean, I'm, I'm not as well, uh, what is it, uh, spoke, you know, a little, little more articulate like you are. But I, I'm just, uh, it. people like that just frustrate me to no end. And, uh, I do idol- I understand going against my catholic faith man but I, I i don't care i just it these people like uh, that that bum the, the the so-called governor and people of his ilk they just uh uh, uh and eating grin on their face and I got it. They, hey, they have life by the yeah everything yeah. i got it
3: hey chris i'm gonna have to let you go we got to move on but thank you so much for calling in and uh don't be a stranger all right, buddy. Great to talk to you, sir. Uh before uh, before Chris's call, you know, we were talking about uh, talking about Italian food and I, and I got to tell you this. I heard about this today and again, sorry to give a free ad here, but Pizza Hut for cuz next next Wednesday's Valentine's Day, okay? So, uh if you haven't done anything yet, guys, for your favorite gal, uh, TikTok, you know, hey, it's a week away. This is your wake-up call, but this is not what you should get. This is not what you should get, your favorite gal, and that is Pizza Hut will deliver what they call goodbye pies with, with a breakup message. I'm, I'm not kidding. That's a real thing. You could order a pizza, and on the pizza box, it says goodbye, and it's called a goodbye pie, and Apparently, when you open up the pizza, the, the pizza is broken, like the broken relationship. But this, I think, is my favorite part of this idea, and and that is that the flavor, no matter what you get, it comes with your choice of hot honey on it. Now, I don't know what that has to do with with. Uh, a breakup pizza or the goodbye pizza, a hot honey? Um, because it seems like that's counterintuitive. If your gal is a hot honey, are you really going to want to break up with her? So I don't really know. I don't get the joke there. I'm sure someone could explain it to me. But just the idea of sending someone a goodbye pizza, it seems kind of rude, doesn't it? I mean, if you're in a relationship with someone, it seems like you owe more than a pizza. I, I don't know. That's, that's just... That sounds like what what somebody would do. Like if you're a sophomore in college, is you'd send them a breakup pizza. But then, you know, when I was in college, if you got a pizza at the dorms, man, everybody was your best friend. Uh, everybody was. Everybody wanted to come by and knock at the door right when the pizza was delivered. So you know, guys in college wouldn't they need a breakup pizza? They don't care. They just would want the 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 pizza. So uh, there you go. Breakup pizza. Pizza Hut. Limited time only. Uh, speaking of a limited time only, I did want to to touch on this issue that Trump got into yesterday with his claim of having absolute presidential immunity for all the acts that he did while he was president, including but not limited to on January six. Now this takes a this takes a little bit of discussion here, and what you're hearing in the media is a lot of salaciousness about Trump, uh, but not so much about why the court decided what they did. And if if you're a listener to the show, I usually don't spend a lot of time talking about Trump because I like talking about ideas, not personalities. And just saying, you know, I don't like so-and-so and and I love so-and-so, to me, that really doesn't foster thought. It doesn't foster learning. It fosters tribalism. So if you're into that, that's fine. God bless you. You can do what you want. But I like to talk about ideas. But this involves a big idea. And that is, should the president be immune from prosecution for anything that he or she does while they are president or even after the president? Now, President Trump's attorney takes the position that without presidential immunity, then basically what you're going to have is every time uh, the presidency changes party, you're going to have a situation where the outgoing president is going to be prosecuted for some bogus crimes that he or she committed. And so in order to stop that from happening, you have to have presidential immunity. As As it stands right now, presidents do have a degree of presidential immunity, for acts that they do in furtherance of the offices or the official duties of the presidency. But when you look at what happened on January 6th, and I'm going to have two ideas here that sound contradictory, but they're really not, and that's this. When you look at what Trump was saying and doing on January 6th, from my perspective and from the court's perspective, both the Ju- the judge in the circuit court in D.C. and the three-judge panel uh, in D.C., one, uh, two Democrats, one Republican, is that when Trump was speaking on January 6th, he wasn't working in the furtherance of the duties of the office of the presidency. He was speaking and giving speeches in an attempt to stay in office, which would be more like campaigning as opposed to carrying out the duties of the office itself. So because of that, there would be no absolute immunity even after he he gets out of office. And to me, that's a good way of looking at it, that, that if you separate the duties of the president from the duties of a campaigner, then you can see how one would be entitled to immunity and one would not be entitled to immunity. Let me give you an example from another area to show how this is true. When presidents fly on Air Force One, that's like the ultimate power symbol when you roll up in Air Force One. And yet when presidents take Air Force One on trips for campaigning, they're required by law to have the campaign pay a certain amount of money to reimburse the federal government for the fuel and the cost of maintaining and flying Air Force One because there's a distinction between Flying out to uh, a, an area that's been devastated by a natural disaster and you're greeting and you're gr- greeting the grieving people and you're trying to encourage the first responders, that's a presidential duty. But if you're going to make a campaign speech and raise money, that's a campaign issue. And so even in that instance, the campaigns have to reimburse the federal government. That means you and me, we're the government, we fund the government. There is no government money. There's only taxpayer money that we give uh, at, at, under the force of law to the government, right? So in that instance, there's already a precedent for separating those two ideas. And I think that separation makes sense here as well. But at the same time, and I'm going to get into this after we go to one of the callers, at the same time, and I'll lay this out in just a moment, while I don't believe that Trump should be immune from prosecution, I don't see what he did on January 6th as even coming close to rising to the level of something that can be prosecuted for what he said. And we'll get into that in just a moment because Dan's been holding. Hey, Dan, welcome to Camel
6: Hello, Mr. Young. Glad to speak with you. Uh, don't mean to jump topics. That's OK. That's fine. Off?
3: I can juggle many, many topics at the same time. No problem.
6: But anything, anytime, anywhere, right? Exactly. Okay. Let's say a person's getting a pool put in their yard and you tell the builder, I want it to be 20 by 40 and nine feet deep. They start the project and they hit groundwater and they say, oh, we can only do seven feet deep. And so you need a new liner. And that liner is five thousand dollars, and now you have to pay an additional five thousand. do you think that's fair?
3: do I think what's fair that they that they can that the pool installation company can require you to pay additional money over what was bid?
6: Yes, they said here's the price and here and they ordered the previous liner, but they never did a survey and th- Once they started digging, then they realized, uh oh, we can't go as deep as we want. So they said, well, since we already ordered the liner for the other one, well, now you got to pay for the replacement Mm -hmm. one.
3: Well, let me share something with you. There's a there's a term. If you want to Google it, you can. But it's a contract term, and it's called Mm -hmm. it's a French word. It's two words. It's called force majeure. Force f o r c e majeure is m a j e u r e. And force majeure is a clause that's put into almost every contract. And it says that <clears throat> under force majeure that a party is not liable. It removes liability, <clears throat> excuse me, for unforeseeable or unavoidable catastrophes that interrupt the expected course of events. And uh, and that's in most every clause. And it really came into play during COVID because you couldn't fulfill a contract obligation because you know there was this global pandemic killing people and so it 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 blocked liability for companies who otherwise would be in breach because of this unforeseeable or unavoidable unavoidable catastrophe and i think in your situation dan force majeure may come into play if if and this is what the if the big if is if it was unforeseeable or unavoidable that the pool company couldn't determine how to dig the pool now. Sure. Now, having said that, having said that, Dan, if it would be foreseeable, in other words, if if the pool company would, uh, you could say that it was negligence on their part, that they didn't come out and do a site inspection before bidding the project. So right. what what I'm suggesting to you is it's not clear cut because I promise you, there's a force majeure clause in their contract for the pool company, but on the other hand, you could make the argument that that's not really un- uh, unforeseeable because I'm sure it's quite foreseeable. It's probably commonplace that yes, that that exactly. companies are going to come and put in a pool in some type of of rock formation or or the ground formation or the groundwater table levels or whatever it might be would prevent a swimming pool from being built as they expected it to be built.
6: Right. And that's kind of what, what we see. As soon as you start digging, you'd notice that they didn't really survey. So I know this isn't anything legally binding from you, but I wondered how you find it. So I'd, I'd still look up that force majeure. I, I will.
3: Yeah, look that up because I think that applies to your situation here, Dan. And I'm not mm-hmm. suggesting that it that it eliminates liability for the pool company. I'm just telling you that's in their contract. And if you say, hey, 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 you know what? What you're delivering here isn't what you promised. You're charging, overcharging me based on the bid. They're going to come back and say, well, it's force majeure. Look at our contract. It was unavoidable or unforeseeable. Your response to that would be, well, is it really? I mean, if you right. guys put in pools for a living— couldn't right. you foresee? Couldn't you foresee that there could be a problem with putting that pool in this location? And and if it is foreseeable, then you should have actually looked at the property before you gave me the bid. That I'm just giving you how you analyze this from a legal perspective.
6: Right, you've read my mind, and I'll also touch on I, your topic. By the way, I knew, really I, knew I, I knew you
3: were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that, Dan. But go ahead.
6: They are railroading Trump. It is completely unfair. They are fighting dirty. It is—it's just dirty. So, at any rate, go Trump. I hope he's a strong guy, and the swamp doesn't consume him.
3: Well, Dan, it's great to talk to you, sir, and uh, I appreciate you calling in. Listen, you can—you can trip me up on topics all the—all the time. There's my favorite game, is stump the lawyer. So it's never a problem. Okay, man, great to speak with you. Hey, thanks for the call. Hey, good night. Good night. Hey, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, I'm going to finish my thought here about how even though Trump does not enjoy legal immunity from prosecution, I don't think that he should be prosecuted for the words that he spoke on January 6th. Why? Hey, stick around after this and I'll fill you in. KMOX, at your service.
4: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medella is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at the coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobilecom slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at TMobile.com.
3: Welcome back to Stump the Lawyer here on Camel X. Brad Young sitting in this evening. And uh, uh, Todd's been uh, waiting patiently through the break. Hey, Todd, how you doing, sir?
0: Hey, Brad, great to talk to you. I really can't wait to hear your opinion on uh, this uh, Trump immunity thing, but I do have this uh, question to see if I can stump the lawyer.
3: Okay, fire away.
0: I thought I'd give you a call. Um, so I have a condo. It's not in the uh, local jurisdiction, so it's more of a general question, but there's moisture in the walls. Uh, it, it could be a pipe from Another unit, it could be they put on a new roof recently, so maybe that was done improperly. The uh, association doesn't appear to be responding to any uh, communication. What do you do?
3: Well, here's the question. This is in, and I'm going to have to make some assumptions, so I need to ask you about this. And that is, is, uh, the walls, if anything happens to the walls of your condo, is that covered by the condo association?
0: well it, it it's in a bedroom I, it, it, we believe it's in the, a bedroom wall, so I think that's an interior wall. I actually, it's not local and and I actually haven't seen the problem. So I don't know if it's an interior wall or an exterior wall, but I don't believe the problem originates in
3: within my unit. okay, but the but the problem could originate like from the roof and water's coming in through the roof and the exactly. roof presumably would be covered by the condo association.
0: I that's correct. It's, it's a multi-unit. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not even townhouses where you like I'm a ground floor unit, there's units above me.
3: Well, what here here's the buzzwords that you use. I'm going to give you the buzzwords here because there's okay. two there's two ideas uh, one really only applies to renters, but I would use this phrase anyway because it sounds cool. Okay? okay. And the second one does, I think, actually apply to your situation. First is, and this is the one that mainly applies to renters, but there's something called a warranty of habitability. Okay. And, and I know that's a mouthful, but it's a, it's a warranty of habitability. It's habitability is what the word oh, is. I got it. Okay. And renters use that a lot whenever you're renting a space and the landlord won't turn on the heat, the landlord won't get rid of the bugs, the landlord won't do this or that. And then renters can leave by saying, hey, you violated the warranty of habitability and therefore I don't have to pay you rent. Now, you're not a renter. You own a condo. But what right. I think your argument is is that because of the negligence of the condo association, it's it's impacting the warranty of habitability that came when you purchased the condo uh, through and with under the auspices of the condo association. So well, I, and, th- and
0: it's impacting the renter that's there, too.
3: Oh, okay. Very good. Absolutely. But then here's the second term that I would use and throw at them, Todd, and that's this. I would tell them specifically that – their negligence in fixing the leaking roof is impacting your right to a quiet enjoyment of your own property. And quiet enjoyment is actually a term of, it's a legal term of art, that Mm -hmm. when you buy property, you're allowed to enjoy that property. So the classic example from law school on this Todd is the case where somebody buys a piece of property and then someone else buys property all the way around your property. And then you could no longer get access to your property. So other property owners are preventing your quiet enjoyment because you can't even get to the place. Right? So in your instance, I think you could make the argument that the condo association's failure to fix the leak, which is resulting in mold is impacting your quiet enjoyment of your property, which in this instance means your ability to rent it to somebody else. Okay. So how is that for stump the lawyer on a Wednesday evening?
0: So uh, that's pretty good. So it sounds like you're saying send them a strongly worded letter, include these terms and uh, try to give them a little boost.
3: You got it. Because I tell you when you drop those uh, 25 cent words in a letter, they're going to give it. They're going to give it to their legal counsel. That's going to cost right. them money, and then they're going to feel right. like they have to respond because lawyers don't work for free. Uh, and my, and my wife is very happy that that lawyers don't work for free. Uh, I will tell you, I'll be very honest with you. She she likes it that lawyers aren't aren't free. But uh, but in this instance, when the condo association turns that over to their lawyer, it's going to generate some response.
0: Now, what about their insurance company? Is there is there a way that I can make a claim against their insurance, or do I have
3: to? No, no, you you can't make a insurance? No, you couldn't make a claim against their insurance because you're not a policyholder. Only the condo association could make a claim against the condo association's policy. In most instances, unless you were somehow listed as what's called an additional insured, which I highly, highly doubt that's the case. So you need to convince yeah. them to turn it over to their insurance, and then you'll get c- taken care of.
0: All right. All right. That sounds great. Thanks so much. I appreciate the
3: help. You are welcome, sir, and thanks for listening. Hey, I want to— All right. Good night, sir. I want to cover this this in in 60 seconds because I can do it, and that's this. Here's another something for you to Google. Google Brandenburg versus Ohio. Brandenburg, B-R-A-N-D-E-N-B-U-R-G versus Ohio. In Brandenburg versus Ohio, the Supreme Court said, this was back in 1969, the Supreme Court said that you have the right to speech unless it is going to result in imminent, imminent harm to others. Imminent, meaning you are directing someone to go and hurt someone else. And I'm not a huge fan of Donald Trump. But when you look at what he said on January 6th, when you look at that, he didn't at any point in time tell anyone, storm the government break into the building, injure police officers. Because of that, he's covered by free speech. Free speech isn't designed, our protection isn't designed to cover speech that everyone agrees with. It's designed to cover speech that's controversial. And Trump's words are certainly controversial. Brad Young here on At Your Service. We've got another hour of fun and frivolity. Stick around. We'll be right back.
4: How powerful is Cox Internet?